0: Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Man, it is uh, just the joy to be here. We always love uh, coming here. My, my wife, Helen, and I, we are, uh, we used to be the pastors at uh, Stouffville Pentecostal Church, not too far from here. And uh, just late last year, took on a new role of, uh, uh, I'm now the Assistant Superintendent of Ministry for Eastern Ontario and Nunavut District. And um, yes, we go to Nunavut, and we have churches up there, yes. And someone else went just a couple of weeks ago, our superintendent went there, and it was minus 60 when he was there. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, that it's your turn to go and not mine. I know, Pastor Wayne, if you're listening or you watch this later, I know you're suffering for Jesus down there in Florida, and so uh, blessings on you and Lori. You have a good pastor. Did you know that? You have a good pastor, and uh, just uh, just really uh, excited to be here. We travel a lot on Sundays, uh, speaking at different places, and um, uh, it's. you know why? Uh, there's a few reasons why that we like coming here. A is, I really like your pastor. I just love this place. And it's 10 minutes from where we live. <laughs> that is a serious bonus. Last year, uh, last week, we were in Millbrook, which is just over an hour away. On Thursday, I was up in Napanee uh, doing a meeting and uh, preaching up there. And that's two and a half hours away. And then you go, look on the calendar. Cornerstone, 10 minutes, Yes! And so, uh, so happy, so happy to be here. You know, um, uh, many of you, uh, probably like me, grew up in church. And um, in fact, I got a couple of old buddies back here that are your guests today, Mike and John and their wives and Leslie. And it's Isabel, right? I haven't met you yet, but we'll, we're going out for lunch after. But anyway, uh, these guys, we grew up together in uh, Scarborough, just off Military Trail, and they know that this is true, that uh, I went to church a lot. In fact, every Sunday, every Wednesday, you know what it's like when you're a church kid and you're sitting sometimes in Sunday school and you've heard all the stories a million times and sometimes you're not exactly paying attention to the teacher, you know what I'm saying? It's never happened to any of you, of course, but it's happened to me once or twice. And I was sort of this talkative, kind of hyperactive energy guy, and sometimes I would drift and I'd be yakking away with my buddy and the teacher who was talking, and and then to get your attention, she'd ask you a question. But I learned something as a church kid. Just say Jesus. (laughs) It's really never the wrong answer. So you're yakking away and your teacher goes, Jeff, uh, so... Who led the children of Israel across the Red Sea? You don't have a clue what she said. Uh, Jesus? She goes, Well, whoa, whoa, no, no, come on. And then what you do is you learn is you double down on that answer. And you say, but he was there. <laughs> and then she has to go, yes, he was there. It's never wrong to say Jesus. So today, what I wanted to do was be here with you i wanted to make a big deal about jesus the church of jesus christ should be about jesus christ this is the one the only the alpha the omega the beginning and the end the way he is the one the hope of the world and when i say and his name is jesus. see you'll see you're getting it see you're all sunday school people now right you don't know just say jesus so we know what, we, uh, we or we may not know what Jesus was like, or what he looked like, but we know what he was like. And the Bible is filled with these words to try to describe him, to give us these pictures in our mind. Um, it's like this little story, a mom walked in, saw her little boy at the table, and he was like really intensely drawing something, and she says, honey, what are you drawing? and he says i'm drawing a picture of jesus and she says well you know we don't really know what jesus looked like and he said well we will when i'm finished <laughs> and i thought i love the confidence but you know we don't know what he looked like but we do know what he was like amen and so there's these words that are used he's the light of the world he's the bread of life he's the door He's, you know, the Alpha, the Omega. He's the way, the truth. He's the end and the beginning. He's all of these words that we use. And today I wanted to focus on two of those words and just wanted to encourage you today with these great two words. Revelation chapter 5, if you could put it up for me. I wanted to read uh, verses 1 to 10. And that's where we're going to take off today. Revelation 5. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep, see, here's the first word, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, and his name is? You'll get there. You'll get there. You're warming up, right? The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb. Looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. But when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And last verse, verse 10, You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. It's an amazing chunk of scripture. And Jesus is described in two really opposite words, names. He's called the lion and the lamb. Now think about how different these two animals are. It couldn't get any more different than a lion and a lamb. Lion is this strong predator, you know, powerful, fierce, you know, courageous. And a lamb is meek and gentle and mild. And it seems, you know, like there's these, it's like a paradox or like an oxymoron. You know, you know what an oxymoron is? Two words that we use together that sometimes don't go together. You know, like um, jumbo shrimp? Like, it's like weird. Or how about this one? Pretty ugly. How about that one? Two words don't go together. Or I love this one. Clearly confused. Really? Or act naturally. It's just odd. Or, and Pastor Wayne, if you're listening, here's one for you and for me. Two words that should never go together. Short. Short sermon. Just those two words don't go together, don't fit. But somehow, these two descriptions fit Jesus. They are It feels like they shouldn't go together, but Jesus is so unique, so special, that both names fit. And as you dig into the names, you begin to understand why. That each name, lion and lamb, begins to interpret the other and actually clarify the other. He is the powerful, victorious lion, and he also is the gentle, slaughtered lamb. The mighty king is the crucified savior. He triumphs over his enemies like the victorious lion by sacrificing himself as a lamb. These two words that don't seem to go together actually work when you're talking about Jesus. Of all the powerful angels, we read the scripture, of all the powerful angels, creatures, elders that are standing around the throne in heaven, there was only one who was worthy to break the seals and to open the scroll. Come on, and his name is... Just doing it to keep you awake now. Stay with me, all right? There's only one who was worthy enough to break the seals. The scroll, it says, has writing on both sides, which is really unique. Usually a scroll had writing on the inside. They'd seal it up and seal it with wax. But this scroll has writing on both sides, which goes to show you, It and, and it really says very clearly that there's nothing more that can be added to this scroll, It is completely full. All the details are there. Nothing is missing and nothing can be added. It is literally the plan of God for it's the info of what's going to happen in the last days and in the last times it's on that scroll and we know that it's going to it's going to produce judgment for the enemies of God and rewards for the children of God see it's God's plan for the end God's plan it's already done and completed waiting for the seals to be broken and waiting for the plan to be enacted and there's and there's only one only God's son is powerful enough is is worthy enough to open it and to carry out the plan. And so you see, John is weeping. He says, I wept because it looks like there's nobody who's worthy to open the scroll. And what 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 he's getting at is God's redemptive plan can't go into action until someone is found worthy to open the scroll and to put the plan into place. And it seems for a moment that no one in the entire universe, in heaven or on earth or below the earth, is worthy to open it. But just for a moment, John weeps. But then he's told, stop weeping, stop weeping. There is someone who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. And his name is? Yes. Only one. Verse 5, it says, he's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Think about that. It's awesome. This is such a powerful image. Get it in your brain today. It speaks to his authority, to his courage, to his power, to to his ability to to achieve victory? Do you know, Jesus only knows victory. He doesn't know how to lose. He's never lost and never will. He's the only one. He's the only one. He doesn't fight for victory. Folks, we are children of God. We are fighting from victory. We are going to win. The lion is not able to lose. And so this is the powerful truth and this image of his power to achieve victory. No matter what the enemy throws our way, no matter what comes our way, the lion is strong enough to win. And so Israel had 12 tribes, as most of you know. Go to Sunday school and your teachers will teach you this now stuff if you listen. But uh, uh, Israel had 12 tribes, and each tribe had a symbol symbol that they were represented by. So they would put it up on a banner. You know, some of you, like Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. So they they would put it up on a banner as they would march, as they were setting up camp, and it it would show... Um, everyone, where each tribe was. So, if you were in the tribe of Dan, you looked for your your banner. If you were in the tribe of Naphtali, you'd look for your banner. So, you you know, every adult, every little child, all you needed to do was look for your banner, and you could find where you're supposed to be. So, every tribe had this. Dan's symbol was a serpent. Naphtali was a deer. Benjamin was a wolf. And Judah was a, yes. I thought some smart uncle was going to say Jesus. but (laughs) Yes, it was a lion. Judah's symbol, Judah's banner was a lion. And so when Israel was on the move, every time they broke camp and they were on the move, guess which tribe always led the way? Judah. The lion always led the way. Think about it. How, the symbolism and the coolness of that. The lion leads the way, the one who only knows victory and cannot suffer defeat. The lion leads Israel wherever they went. If you could put up for me um, Genesis uh, chapter 49, verse 9 and 10. I wanted you to see this verse. It says, You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until to whom it belongs shall come. Come on. And the obedience of the nations shall be his. Jesus. All the way back in Genesis chapter 49, the lion was coming. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He has the power. He has the authority. He has the courage to defeat his enemies. Victory is assured when you're on Team Lion. That is the side to be on. That is the side that we fight for and fight from victory. The lion never loses. He will reign forever. He has victory over Satan's sin and death. He is conquered and he's the only one worthy to open the scroll. Come on. And it's name is? It's Jesus. Remember today, we're making a big deal about Jesus. It's Jesus. We need a lion in our corner, if you hadn't noticed badly. It's a tough world out there, and there are enemies seen and unseen that come against the children of God, and we need a lion, and he is that. And so the image of Jesus, it reminds us that he's actually more than able to handle the enemy, even today. The lion is still as strong, still as courageous, still as powerful as he ever was. Put up for me a 1 Peter 5.8. Many of you would know this verse, but it's important just to remind you. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around, don't miss that word, like, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, but here's the truth. There's only one real lion. He, he prowls around pretending to be a lion. He, he fakes it. He roars and screams and huffs and puffs. But he can't blow your house down when you're following the banner of the real lion. He is toothless. He is clawless. He's a faker. He's an imposter. He's a pretender. You don't have to be afraid of the fake lion when the real lion is on your team. That is the truth today, right? So, There's only one real lion, and he is not afraid of the enemy. There's one more verse, Isaiah 31, verse 4, if you could put it up for me. This is such a great verse when you think about it in terms of Jesus. Um, Isaiah 31, 4, do you have that one? Yes, no? No? I can't see your face. We'll skip it. All it says is this: that it says. I'll, I'll paraphrase. It says, "As a lion who's killed the sheep is standing over its prey, and the shepherds come out. Oh, there it is. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. This is what the Lord says to me: As a lion growls, a great lion over its prey, and though a whole band of shepherds is called together against it, it is not frightened. It is not frightened." by their shouts or disturbed by their clamor. So the Lord Almighty will come down and do battle on Mount Zion and on its heights. You see what he's saying? He's saying, hey, there's times when, when the real lion steps in and all the clamoring, all the shouting, all the threatening, shepherds with staffs, fake lions come around, he doesn't budge, he's not afraid of anything. Because he's the real deal. So he's the lion. So you get that? He's the lion. The next next thing it says in verse 6, it says that John turned. after he He says, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah is worthy to open the scrolls. And it says John turned. And when he turned, it says he saw a lamb that looked like it had been slaughtered. It had the marks of death on it. But yet it was very much alive. John the Baptist had called Jesus earlier the Lamb of God, remember? Who takes away the sin of the world. And Peter had earlier said he called Jesus the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And you see Jesus being referred to as Lamb again and again and again over over time and throughout the scripture revelation 5 let me just say this to just just so that you're not confused it says that he had seven horns and seven eyes and here's it's just a symbol picture of seven is always the number of perfection in the bible and so when when it when it says that and and seven spirits all he's talking about is that the, the, the horns are a symbol of power and strength, and the eyes are a sign of his wisdom and his presence. So, uh, meaning the lamb has perfect power, he has perfect wisdom, and he has perfect vision to see the, all that goes on. It's like the omnis, if you know uh, that, he's, uh, that he's omniscient that he's omnipotent, that he's omnipresent. It's, that's what he's saying. And the sevenfold uh, spirit of God is referring back to Isaiah 11, where there's seven things that the spirit of God is going around the earth, that he's the spirit of might, he's the spirit of counsel, he's the spirit of, and, and on and on and on it goes. So there's these seven things. So that's all it is. But I want to focus on the lamb today, that the lamb is this paradox. Even in in, in, in itself, it's a paradox. Because he bears the marks of death. It looks like he should be dead, but yet he's standing there alive. And not just alive, but he has the might and the power of God on him. It's It's a weird picture John is trying to describe. He's saying... He's the lion who triumphs over the enemy by giving himself up for death. He's the only one worthy and he yet he still bears the marks to prove it. He, he's the one that turned tragedy into triumph. He's, he turned shame into glory. That Revelation 5 is this beautiful chapter that reveals the majesty and the meekness of Jesus. The power... And yet, the gentleness of our God. See, the good news is this, folks. If you receive him as the lamb, you don't have to worry about meeting him later as the lion. And I don't know about you, but I'm in for meeting the lamb. (laughs) This is who he is. He is not one to be trifled with, and he's not one to be messed with. Enemies get the lion, but believers receive the lamb. See, Jesus' life on earth shows both sides. When you think about it, think about it those in those terms when you read through the Gospels. Um, he's extremely harsh, uh, like with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. He calls them names. He says, you guys are empty. You're whitewashed walls on the inside. You're dead on the inside. He's harsh, lying, lying, lying. But yet he turns after, you know, after ferociously, you know, uh, uh, sort of condemning and, 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 and bringing on the truth into the guy's life who are just so self-righteous that he can't stand it. But yet at the same time, he turns and he deals with the sick and the people who are rejected, the blind, the lame, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and the sinners. You see both sides. He has the authority. He shows the authority over death. He says, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. And he does. He does. But yet, a short while after, he doesn't open his mouth when he's standing in front of Herod. Lion, lamb. His presence makes demons beg him to go easy on them. Don't send us away. They bow in his presence. But yet, he also takes children into his arms and says, don't stop the children from coming. I want to bless them. I want to hold them. I want to be tender to them. Lion and lamb. All over the place. He commands. He's on the, oh, He's out on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples. And he stands up in the boat. And he commands the winds and the waves to be still. And they listen to him. But yet... He gives himself to die on a cross as our sacrificial lamb to pay the price that we could never pay and to pay the debt that we had no hope of paying. Lion and lamb. Lion and lamb. He's the light of the world. Yet he endured the worst darkness that anyone has ever endured. He's the bread of life but yet he allowed himself to go hungry. He's the almighty son of God, but yet humbled himself to become a helpless baby, to be born to a simple couple in Bethlehem. He's the good shepherd who then lets himself be led to the slaughter like a lamb. He is the great physician who heals every disease and casts out every demon, but yet allows himself to be crushed for our transgression. Lion and lamb all over the place. He is this perfect combination of steel and velvet. Right. He showed us he was the lion and the lamb multiple, multiple times. So never forget, folks, you need both. Never forget you need both. You know, think about it this way. There are some here today that you need the lion in your life. You need something to be broken. You need the power of God. Maybe an addiction, a dysfunction, something that you can't break free of. You need the might and the power of the lion. And some of you here today need the gentle touch and the encouragement of the lamb. But here's the beauty. When we say Jesus is more than enough, he's more than able. Do you understand? Because he's He's the lion and he's the lamb and he's everything in between. So, whatever you need, lion, he's that. Lamb, he's that. You need a little bit of combination of both. He's that. He's more than you'll ever need. He's more than enough. He always has been and always will be. He is the lion and the lamb. Come on. And his name is? It's Jesus. Make a big deal about Jesus. He's still the one. He's still the hope of the world. He's still who people need. He's the only hope beyond this life. He is the only way. (laughs) The mighty lion who defeats sin and the enemy, but the lamb who sacrifices himself in our place. There's nobody like him. Nobody, nobody, nobody is both. Nobody is worthy to open the scroll. Nobody is worthy to break the seals. Not the elders, not the angels. No one in heaven on earth or under the earth is worthy to open the scroll. There's only one lion and lamb. He's the only one. The children of God, we are the church of God. I'm saying we are the children of God, but we are the church of God. And listen, we've come through a time. Let me just, I hate talking about COVID, but for a moment, we have come through a weird time in life where many of us, that have been nattering about this and that and the other thing. Get this, don't get this, love the truckers, hate the truckers, do this, do that. It's time that the church of Jesus Christ get it together. Let's be about Jesus. You do you, let me do me, but let's, let's make a big deal about Jesus. If the church of Jesus is not about Jesus, we're dead. We're lost. Who's going to be talking about him if it's not us? So let it go and let's get back to what's really important. The world is dying and lost and dark and we have the lion and the lamb who can bring change, transformation and salvation to every person that walks on the face of the earth. Let's be about that. The mighty lion defeats sin and he does it by becoming the lamb who sacrifices himself. She called on a by attach. Jesus, Jesus, show on my attach. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, show to I. The, the chapter comes to an end. Put it up for me, verse 11. Revelation 5, verse 11. Let me just wrap it up with this. I don't know when you would normally done, but short and sermon don't go together, so we're just going to keep going, all right? Verse 11 says this. Then I looked, And I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said amen and the elders fall down and worship the lamb. This is how the chapter ends. You see, he's revealed here as the lion and the lamb. And and once that happens, once that happens, the only proper response is to fall at his feet and worship. Do you understand? Millions of angels, the creatures and elders around the throne, and they all fall and worship the lion and the lamb. Once it's revealed that He's the one, that He's worthy, that He is is all that we've ever needed. He is still all that the world has ever needed. And when it's revealed, when it's seen clearly that He's lion and lamb and everything in between, the only response that we should have The same as those creatures and elders around the throne. When we get a clear picture of who he is and what he's done, you've got to bow and worship because he's so awesome. There's no other proper response. To say you are everything that I've ever needed. Every song I sing, every breath I breathe, every gift I have, every dollar I have, every blink of an eye is only because of your goodness. And my life is yours to be used. Fill me, touch me, transform my life. Use me, Lord, to use, to touch this world. Use me in greater ways than I've been used in the past. This is the response that we have. Listen, God has used us all in the past. You've been blessed with talents and abilities, but I'm telling you, there's a new wind that is blowing, and it's time. For the church of Jesus to rise up to say, Lord, fan every gift in me to flame. I've been too apathetic and too indifferent. And now it's time. In the last of the last days, use me like I've never been used before. Anoint me like I've never been anointed before. May the church of Jesus rise to point the world to the only hope there is. The lion and the lamb. Come on. And his name is. It's Jesus. Make a big deal always about Jesus. Verse 9, it says, they sang a new song. So they bow and they fall to worship the lion and the lamb. And it says they sang a new song. I find that so amazing. A new song. See, one of the things that you see in Revelation is it it's filled with a ton of new things. I know the book can be a little bit spooky and scary for some but you know what it's not as bad as people make it out to be. There's a lot of beauty and simplicity in that book. And what you see <coughs> excuse me what you see is a lot of new things. It says that there's will be given a new name. It says that he's going to make a new Jerusalem. You see here in Revelation 5 that they're singing a new song. God says, I'm going to make a new heaven, and I'm going to make a new earth. Finally, at the end of the book in chapter 21, God says, I am going to make all things new. All things. It's filled with newness. And so do you understand that when the lion and the lamb begins in Revelation 6, the lion and the lamb begin to break the seals. And as he breaks the seals, something happens. The first seal. Then he breaks the second seal and something happens. But you have to understand, when the seals are broken and the plan of God is fully implemented, guess what happens? New things. Newness. Beauty. Something powerful happens. And see, even now, the point for us. Here today is that Jesus brings new qualities into the lives of those who receive him. You know it to be true, come on, that when we find him, when we accept the lion and the lamb and he's a part of our lives, He, we are made new creations, that the old is gone, right? And the new is come. We have new life, new joy, new strength, new peace, new hope, new mercy, new perspective, new understanding understanding. understanding, new insight, new plans, new direction, a new purpose. It all becomes new when we meet him. Everything changes. It's like putting glasses on for the first time and the sky and the trees and color pop like you've never seen it before. That's what happens when the lion comes in to take residence inside. Everything becomes new. Verse 9 also goes on to say that it's his blood that he gave as the lamb, that, he's, that it, it has ransomed us. And, and this is an important point to make that he's ransomed us, it says, from every tribe, every language, every people group, and every nation. No one is excluded. Do you understand? We are all sinners in need of a savior. We stand on level ground at the cross. We all need it and he's come for us all. It's something so wonderful. So you see, in Jesus, the word says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male or female. There's no race, no nationality, no politics. Absolutely nothing should separate the family of God. We are one. Following the banner of the lion. One tribe, one tribe, children of God. Oh, we might have different mothers, but we got one father. One father. We are one, and there's power and blessing and anointing and strength that comes when the people of God get their stuff together and come under the banner as one under, under the lion. You know, Psalm says, right in Psalm uh, uh, 133, isn't it, where it says that God commands his blessing to be upon people who are united together. Man, I don't know about you, but I would love to be in a place where the Lord's blessing is commanded to be there. That's a good spot to be. So listen, it's time. It's time to make a big deal about Jesus. It's time to focus on him, to put all the petty stuff aside. It's time to get back to what we know is true. We have all been ransomed by his blood. We have all been saved by the lion and the lamb. And we should all be worshiping together. It's the only response. There is one faith, one hope, one leader, together under the banner of the, tri- of the lion of the tribe of Judah, who leads us out, marching towards victory. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. The lion never loses. So, let me just say this real quick. In uh, verse uh, 12, uh, Revelation five twelve, it says he's worthy to receive. And then there's these list of things. He's worthy to receive power uh, and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Let me just touch on that real quick so that you kind of get this and we wrap up this. This is a Revelation chapter 5 in a nutshell. He's worthy to receive power. So they're singing this new song. It says, he's worthy to receive power. Power. Think about it. Jesus is the power of God. He has been blessed with the power of God. He can open the scroll. He's the only one that can. And he's the only one that will carry out the plan of God. He's worthy to receive that power. He's worthy, it says, to receive the wealth or the riches. Meaning, there's no promise that Jesus has ever made that he doesn't have the resources to carry it out. Right? He owns the sheep on a thousand hills don't walk around saying that you can't do it don't walk around saying that it's impossible don't walk around saying this and that and this and that walk around saying my god is worthy to receive the wealth and the riches and can bless me and give me the resources i need to do everything that he's called me to be not that we want you know you know what i'm saying we're not, I'm not telling you that we want to be rich and we want to drive million-dollar cars. And Is there million-dollar cars? I don't know. Anyway, I drive a Honda, so I say, not you know. But he has the wealth, the riches, the resources to carry out anything that he wants to do. He can ignite you and fill you and resource you. If God has put a dream and you know it's the Spirit of God. Right? Say, I, I have said many times, even in this new role, I've said, Lord, you've called me to this, so you need to anoint me for this. And we're all the same. Whatever that is in your life. It says he's worthy to receive wisdom. That he's the wisdom of God. That he knows the secrets of God. He knows the solutions to the problems of life. He is that one. Um, He's worthy to receive strength, meaning he's the strong one like we talked about. He can disarm and overthrow uh, all the enemy, uh, all that the enemy wants to do. He is powerless in the face of the one who is worthy. uh, He's worthy to receive honor, meaning he's the most honorable one that ever was, that ever will be. We talk about the goat in sports and basketball and, you know, all this stuff. There is one greatest of all time. One. And one day, the word is very clear. Every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that he's the one worthy of honor. There's one. It says that he's worthy to receive glory. You know, glory is such, it's such a, uh, an interesting word. Glory. It, we don't give glory, by the way, don't give glory to people. We, we I mean, give your support, your love, your prayers, you know, all of that to Pastor Wayne. But Pastor Wayne doesn't get glory. There's only one who gets glory, right? Glory is actually a, a reference to perfection. It means he has no flaws. And John says we have seen his glory. Meaning glory is actually only given to God. You only see it in the Bible. What do you say? Glory to Peter? Glory to Moses? No. It's always glory to God. Always glory goes to God. Always. Right? So God is the only one given glory. So to give him glory, you see what they're saying here? They're saying he's worthy to receive glory. You know what that means? He's God. He's God. That's what they're saying clearly. You're worthy. You're God. That is pretty awesome. Uh, It says he's worthy to receive blessings or praise and all this stuff. And so the truth is, is why is he worthy to receive blessings? Well, because he can be trusted with them, right? Do you know that there are some among us who just can't be trusted with cash? You know what I'm saying? Some can be. be. Be the person that can be. But some can't be. Jesus can be trusted with every blessing under heaven because he never keeps them for himself, right? He pours them out every day. It says every day is a new day. Every day his mercy is fresh. Every day he is with us. Every good thing that has come into our lives, the Bible says, has come from above. He's the source of it all. He's the blessing, but he doesn't keep it for himself. He's worthy of it because he pours it out onto his children. He's worthy of the blessing because he's going to give it to the people that he died for. So Jesus is the lion and Jesus is the lamb. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy to open the scroll and to break the seals because he has won. Those who believe and receive win too. We win too. There is no fighting for victory. When you're on team lion you know uh just popped into my head so I'll tell you uh, Helen and I we recently a few years ago we when we uh, we bought a house just over here you not know, just ten minutes from the church and um, it was a it was a broken situation kind of an evil situation and uh, we had to clean up I don't mean like garbage but I had to clean up we had to clean up a lot of garbage garbage you know what I'm saying um, like, spiritual nasty garbage in this place. And it's the funny thing is we were walking around the house looking. We were in the backyard, and uh, we didn't know any of the details. And I said to Helen, do you get the feeling that this this whole property needs to be redeemed? Something's wrong here. And she said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling the same thing. And so, so uh, you know, we cleaned up a lot of trash. But here's one thing. There was like weird, evil gargoyles on the end of the driveway, and got my sons to take a sledgehammer and bust those babies up real good, and uh, they were weird and evil looking. But one thing that we didn't remove was, on. we have these two big doors at the front, and there are these big door knockers, and guess what they are? A lion. And I said, you're going to, some guy says to me, you're going to take those off the door? I go, don't you touch the lion's. The lion stays. He might have been thinking something else, but I know who the real lion is. And you can't come into our house unless you cross under the lion. This is the lion's property. This is the lion's house. We are the lion's people, and no one comes in except they go through the lion. That's who we are. That's who you are. There is one who is worthy to open the scrolls. There is one who can be the lion, the courageous, strong, undefeatable one to take on the enemy, to crush every problem and issue you have. And there is only one who does it by becoming the sacrificial lamb and dies in our place. And he's everything in between. I just feel the Lord here today. You know the scripture when it says, and you lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw everyone to himself. This is why it's important. It's not just good preaching, I hope it was, but it's, it's, not, it's not just that. There's power in it, you understand? There's transformation in it. When we lift up his name, When we're in that pocket and we're lifting up his name, that's when salvation comes. That's when baptisms of the Holy Spirit start to arrive. That's when healing flows. That's when anointing comes. That's when words are given. That's when transformation happens. That's why we need to make a big deal about his name. When we lift up his name, man, Only good things come as a result. The enemy is driven away and the Spirit of God is welcomed in. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is power, there is blessing, there is counsel, there is healing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, everything becomes possible. Everything. So I better be quiet now. But listen, church, he's the lion and the lamb. Make a big deal about Jesus. Let everything else go because nothing else is going to matter in the end. It's about Jesus. Lift up his name. Sing his name. Shout his name. Talk his name. Pray his name. Say his name. Say his name. For there is power in that name. He's the one and the only. The Alpha and the Omega. The bright and the morning star. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah and the sacrificial Lamb who gave Himself for us. Come on, one last time, church. And His name is... Come on, and His name is... One more, and His name is... It's Jesus. Make a big deal about Jesus. Come on now. Daniel and team, come on back for a moment. Can we just stand together as we close? You know, I don't think we should let let the moment go by. If you're here today, you need you just you need some prayer. I th- I think that there's someone here that needs the lion. Something strong that you can't handle on your own. But I know somebody who can. And I think there's somebody here today that needs the lamb. You feel broken and lost and weak and discouraged. And you need the gentle, tender care of the lamb to say it's going to be okay. I'm with you. I don't know what part you need. Maybe it's a little of both. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. But all I know is this. If he's the lion and he's the lamb, he's everything in between and so today just as a Daniel and the band just uh, just play something softly and I just wanted uh, Helen and I would be honored to just to take a moment to pray with you just as we dismissed today I know there's great coffee out in the lobby but you don't mind if the coffee waits for a minute there do you Justin uh, yeah good for you that's, that's the right answer Not Jesus, but that's the right answer. If you need prayer today, something's just resonating on the inside. You need the lion or you need the lamb. Something that needs to be broken or healed or set free in your life. You have nothing to lose and maybe something amazing to gain, right? So I'm going to just pray. I'm going to say amen and I'm just going to come and stand at the altar with Helen. And if you need prayer today, just as the team plays, let's come to the front. Let's believe God. Let's make a big name. Let's make a big deal about the name of Jesus. So, Father, thank you today. Thank you for this church. And thank you for Pastor Wayne and Lori. Thank you for the good shepherd that you've put here. Father, I just speak blessing over Pastor Wayne and his family today. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a wonderful holiday, that you would strengthen him, that you would, Lord, refresh him, that you would touch him and fill him. Lord, as we said earlier, I I pray this for Wayne today too, that how you've used him in the past is going to be nothing compared to how you're going to use him in the future. He is going to lead and lead well. And there's going to be a rich anointing on his life that will be felt in this place every single Sunday when you come together. So Father, we cry out to you today for the pastor of this house. And we ask you to bless him and use him, strengthen him. Lord, enrich his life in every way possible. And may the enemy not have his way But may the kingdom of God come in his life in a rich and powerful way. And so we pray for Wayne and Lori today. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for the future that you have for this place. There are many that still need to know you. Aurora needs Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that this place would be a fountain of blessing. That every need, every resource, Lord, would be met. We don't cry poor. We cry to the one who owns everything. So, Father, give this place every talent, every gift, every dollar, every ability, every resource, Lord, that it needs for it to go to the next level lord you never you love us too much to keep us the same you are always calling us to move forward to go deeper to go higher in you and so lord we pray for aurora cornerstone today that this church would have the presence of almighty god on it that holy spirit you are welcome in this place to do what you want, to have your way, to pour out, Lord, that there would be renewal and revival in this house, that we would see God's hand in action and on the move, that testimonies would rise from this place like never before of your power and of your touch. And so, Lord, we pray today for that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone in the house today there are all, there's always needs in our lives, always. Lord, there is some here today that need you like a lion. They need that strength and courage and power. And there are also, Lord, some who need you like a lamb. And thank you that you can be all that we need. So, Father, pour out your spirit on us today. May we leave this place being encouraged, being refreshed, but also being determined to lift up the one and only name that matters, the name of Jesus. In everything we do, in everything we touch, in every activity that we're involved in, may your name be frequently on our lips. So thank you, Jesus, today. I pray, Lord, that as we linger around the front, uh, the, uh, around the front for a few minutes, if there are those that need prayer, that, that, that something, Lord, uh, needs needs just your touch in their lives, we pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that even this morning, change, victory, and transformation would happen. So we thank you and we bless you. We do love you, Lord. Come on now, church, just for a moment, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. You know that he's the lion and the lamb. And there's only one right response when you know. It's to worship. So we worship you, Lord. You are worthy to receive power and honor and blessing and glory. You are worthy, Lord, of our lives. You are worthy of our service. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. We recognize your authority. You are the king of our lives. You are the Lord of all. And Lord, one day every knee will bow, but we bow now and say you are king and Lord. We want you to have rule and reign over our lives, over our homes, over our children and our grandchildren. Come, you are welcome. We worship you and lift up the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, today. Mm -hmm. Oh, we worship you. Oh, Worship you, Lord. Oh, we worship you. Oh, we sing a new song. Oh, we sing a new song. New song. To hear. Oh, we sing a new song. Oh, we sing a new song. for a moment right there don't leave yet don't don't move don't check out come on just lift up his name in the house just for another moment you are worthy oh Lord we give you praise and honor and glory there is none like you you're the one and only you're the hope of the world oh yes you are yes you are Today, filled with the Holy Ghost Lord fill us afresh with your spirit oh we are hungry oh we're thirsty oh we're desperate for your touch come 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 Holy Spirit you're welcome in this place Bless each one today. May we know your touch. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Says Daniel and the team just begin to play. If you need prayer today, we'd be honored and happy to pray with you. Won't we'll keep you all day long. Just want to agree with you. There's power in prayer. Amen. That where two or three are gathered together there, that it, it's done. There's might. There's the presence of Jesus there. So if you need the lion or the lamb today, if there's a need in your heart that, that is just, I, I, I feel like somebody, it's burning in somebody. You just know you need prayer today. If that's you. Come. Don't be afraid. Just come. We want to pray with you and let's believe Jesus to make that change. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you, and we welcome you in this place. God bless you all. God bless you all. Thank you, Lord. You're listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.